Well, today we're uh, celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So, you know, Jesus came to defeat the, the power of sin. He came to defeat death. He came to make a relationship with God uh, something that would be possible for all of us. And he came not only to secure our eternal destination, but he came to change our lives and the way we live. Jesus came to to bring heaven down to the here and now and to make all things new. You know, 2 Corinthians, uh, Paul writes this. He says, anyone who belongs to Christ is a what? New person. The past is forgotten and everything is what? New. In Christ, by God's grace, we become new. New life, new beginning, new opportunities, new hope. And so, last few weeks, I've been welcoming everybody to the new. We've been looking at the power of Jesus Christ to make everything new, everything new, everything. And I believe that's good news. You know, the fact is, we have all failed. In fact, turn to your neighbor and say, I've failed. Some of you want to reply, oh, yeah, you have. <laughs> yeah. We, we've all made mistakes. The fact is, some of you made a vow to God, and you broke it. Some of you have made a promise to yourself over and over, and you didn't follow through with it. Some of you made commitments to someone, and you didn't fulfill it. Some of you have let people down in your life in a significant way. In fact, just the thought and mention of it kind of makes you sick inside. The fact is, for many of us, we've failed so many times, we've just quit counting. You know, some of you, you've neglected your marriage for years, and, and you're paying for it now. You know, some of you didn't take care of yourself physically. And so now you're dealing with health issues, and a lot of regret comes with that. Some of you have done things that were wrong. You knew they were wrong. You were able to keep it hidden for a long time. And then at some point it got out, and now you're having to deal with kind of the consequences of it. And honestly, the damage, it's a lot greater than you ever imagined. You know, for some of you, you are facing a financial mountain today because of maybe poor investments or out-of-control spending, and the reality is you kind of look at the debt and you think, how in the world are we ever going to get out of this? And it's embarrassing and it's overwhelming. You know, some of you as parents, you realize you kind of messed up, you know, and you were too strict or you were uh, too too, uh, permissive along the way, or maybe you just weren't around. And you're dealing with the the grief and the guilt. I mean, that comes with a lot of guilt. Some of you had a dream. And you look back in your life and you thought, one of these days I'm going to pursue that dream. And now you feel like that dream's kind of dead. In fact, you think, how in the world did I get here in my life? I always thought I, I would do more. And so you look back and some of the decisions you've made, the fact is they, they're, they're heavy. And you wish you could turn back the clock. And you wish you could start again. Well, today I want to look at a guy by the name of Peter. 
I mean, Peter messed up big time. And he's one of the disciples, and he really deserved to be counted out, but Jesus extends grace to him. In fact, he gives Peter a second chance. And what I want to do is back up a few days. This is before the resurrection. In fact, this is uh, the night before Jesus would be crucified. And so they're gathered, and they're with Jesus, and they're celebrating the Passover. Some of you know it as the Last Supper. And at that supper, Jesus informs the disciples he's going to die. And he also informs them that they will all run away. They will all scatter. They will desert him. And Peter, who honestly loved Jesus, he, he objects immediately. No, 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 no. No, I will never do that. Everybody else may, they may desert you, but Jesus, I will not. Not me, not me. And Jesus kind of pushes back. He goes, well, Peter, before this night's over, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And I love Peter. Peter's like, never, never. I will die first. I will never deny you. And shortly after this, Scripture says this. It says in Luke twenty-two fifty-four. 54, it says, they arrested Jesus and took him away into the house of the high priest. Now, we know from, from history and other scriptures that the authorities at this point started beating Jesus. They're abusing Jesus. And Peter, what? Followed at a distance. Peter followed at a distance. Peter backed away. Peter got in the courtyard, and he's with a few people. He's keeping warm around a fire, and he's sitting with people who wanted to see Jesus convicted. And it's obvious, as you read Scripture, that Peter underestimated his weakness in life. You know, and this is important you catch this, because Anytime you underestimate your weakness, you will get in trouble. We are all, 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 that means you and me, we are all capable of anything in the right situation. We are all capable of sinning. We're all capable of messing up. Some of us are more spectacular than others, but we, we mess up. We make mistakes. All of us fall short, and all of us are very vulnerable in life. The Apostle Paul, he, he warns against this. He writes this. He says, if you think you're standing firm, you had better be careful that you do not fall. I'll never have an affair. I'll never cheat. I would never steal. Never would happen in my life. I'd never do something like that. And Paul says, you better be careful. Have you ever said that to yourself? I would never do something like that. Friends, we must be up front with ourselves and own the fact that we are weak. We are all susceptible to doing really stupid stuff in our lives. Well, I'm stronger than that. 
I am more disciplined than that. I'm above that. Be careful. Be very, very careful, Paul says. There is strength when you realize that you're weak. There's strength when you're honest with yourself about the possibilities. Peter, Peter didn't recognize that. He didn't understand his own weakness. He says, I'd never leave you, Jesus. I'd never abandon you. I will die first. Everybody else, I mean, all the other disciples, they they might, but not me, not me. And Peter would ultimately deny Jesus three times in the next few hours. See, Peter, he's following at a distance. And I want to be clear, and, and I don't want you to miss this. For some of you, it's why you're here today. God wants you to hear this. For some of you, you're in a jam. Some of you, you know, things have messed up in your life because you've been following at a distance. You're over here. Jesus is way over there. For some of you, you wonder why you're struggling, hurting, disappointed, broken. And it's because you're following at a distance. And I will tell you this. You will never fully experience the power and the goodness and the blessings of God when you keep God and keep Jesus at a distance. You you are going to be vulnerable in your life. You're going to mess up. You're going to fail and you're going to fall. But the closer you get to Jesus, well, it's a better place to live. It always is. Peter, Peter was close to Jesus early in the evening. We, we, as you read through scripture, the Roman guards come to arrest Jesus Peter's right by his side. In fact, Peter draws a sword. He grabs a sword to protect Jesus and cuts the guy's ear off that's coming to take Jesus. I mean, I think, why did he do that? Well, he's making a statement. He was showing force. He said, I'm with Jesus. I will fight to the death for him. And Jesus steps in and is like, Peter, Peter, we're we're not going to do this. And in the midst of all this chaos, Jesus does what he always does. And he extends grace. In fact, we're told he picks up the ear and he puts it back on the man and he heals him. In that moment, Peter, Peter is strong. Peter's standing next to Jesus. He's bold. He is willing to die in that moment. But that's what happens when you're close to Jesus. Anybody watching the NCAA tournament? Villanova? (laughs) Michigan? (laughs) Oh, all right, (laughs) rah-rah. I know there's a Kansas fan here, so... (laughs) Well, several years ago, I got to go to the NCAA tournament and uh, Michigan State was playing my Kentucky Wildcats. And so a buddy and I, we are courtside in St. Louis. And so I get jazzed up. The players start coming out on the court, and honestly, it could have reached out and touched them at points. My feet are on the same court that they're on, and I will tell you, they are faster than you ever imagined when you're that close. They, it, the perspective is just amazing. They, the guys are bigger than you think they are. 
And a few minutes for uh, tip-off, there's all this commotion, and uh, Michigan State alumni, Magic Johnson, he comes and sits like two seats down from me. And so he's cheering for the Spartans. I'm cheering louder for Kentucky. Every time he'd cheer, I'd cheer back. And uh, friends, you could hear things and see things. It was amazing. You know, Wayne Turner, he goes flashing by, and I could feel the breeze. And uh, Tayshawn Prince, he jams it for a, a dunk, and you could feel the, the, the movement of the rim. And uh, even Magic Johnson had to cheer for the, that dunk. I mean, it was amazing. And so we're watching the game. First half, we're leading. I'm feeling pretty good. Second half, a whole nother story. <laughs> we lost it in the last few seconds. Uh, it was a great game, though. Great game. One point, I thought, put me in, coach. I'll, I'll save us, you know. It's like... <clears throat> but my point, there's nothing like being that close. There's nothing like being that near the, the action. It's a lot better than the nosebleeds. You know, close to Jesus, friends, is where the action is. Close to Jesus is where you hear things and see things. In fact, when you're distant there are things you're going to miss that you just can't see if you're clear up in the nosebleed. I mean, some of you, you, you've chosen to be close. You get up every morning and you spend a little bit of time talking to God, maybe have a prayer, you know, open your Bible, read it for a few minutes. Some of you through the day, you're, you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit leading you. And you want him to guide you and use you You come and worship faithfully. You look forward to gathering with other Christians because we need that word of encouragement from each other. The reality is when you're close, you want to grow. When you're close, it's something that you value. But some, some are more comfortable with some distance. And friends, when you follow at a distance, you will miss things. There are things that you can't hear because you're way out here. There are things that you you can't see. In fact, you get very disconnected. You mess up. And I want to tell you the kingdom of God is more than staying out of hell. It's more than spending eternity in heaven. In fact, the kingdom of God, it's here now. Jesus died to make a difference in our lives here as well. And life can be so much better when you follow close. And I will tell you, you cannot follow culture and Christ. If you follow one, the other one becomes distant. That's just the way it is, and you have to choose. Do I want to live like the culture, or do I want to live for Christ? And that's kind of my question. Are are you living and following at a distance? Or are you pursuing and staying as close as you can to Jesus because it'll make a difference in how you live? When you follow closely, life looks different. It changes how you see things, how you do things, and the experience that you you have in life in general. Peter, Peter doesn't realize that, that he's weak. Why? Because he's following at a distance. And I will tell you, it cost him big time. 
Scripture says, when one of the servant women saw him sitting there at the fire, she looked straight at him. This man, too, was with Jesus. But Peter denied it. Woman, I, I don't even know him. And after a little while, a man noticed Peter and said, you're one of them too. But Peter answered, I love this. Man, I am not. <laughs> I mean, in a span of just a few hours, a little bit of distance, and Peter goes from, I will die for you, to, I'm not one of them. And friends, it is amazing what a little bit of distance between you and God, how it affects your heart. Scripture goes on, it says about an hour later, another man insists strongly. There isn't any doubt that this man was with Jesus because he's also a Galilean, but Peter answered, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Once, while he was still speaking, a rooster crows. Here's the sad thing to me. Peter thought he was fooling everybody. But he's really fooling himself. For some of you, the only person you're fooling is yourself. See, the people around you, they, they go, you got a problem, man. No, I don't. You you need some help. I don't need help. You know, you got to quit. It's not a deal. Come on. I I could quit anytime. And here's what I want to say. No, you can't. No, you can't because if you would have, you would have taken that step if you could have. Peter, Peter's only fooling himself. He's deceiving himself. He's trying to, to push things off and he ends up denying Jesus, not once, not twice, three times. And this is where the plot kind of clots here, you know, comes crashing in. It says, at once, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. It's a heartbreaking moment. I want you to think about it. It's a weighty moment. It's a crushing moment for him. Says the Lord turned around. Jesus turned around and looked straight at Peter. Can you imagine that moment? Jesus, at this point, has been beaten badly. His face is swollen, covered in blood. He's bruised. Jesus loved Peter, and Peter loved Jesus. And it had to be an incredibly painful moment. In that moment, it says, and Peter remembered that the Lord had said to him before the rooster crows tonight, you will say three times that you do not know me. In in that moment, it all comes crashing down on, on Peter. You know, scripture says Peter went out and wept bitterly. That just stuck in my head this week, that, that verse. And uh, Peter, Peter failed. He, he messed up. 
and he comes face to face with, with Jesus in that moment. Jesus is looking him in the eye, and he, the reality of what he had done, I mean, it broke him. And, and he weeps bitterly. And I thought, when was the last time? When was the last time that you wept bitterly over something? When was the last time that, that you wept because you messed up in your life? And when was the last time you admitted to, to Jesus Christ that I failed? And, and I'm not talking about remorse. I'm talking about repentance. You know, remorse is, and we have a lot of this in the world today, Oh, I'm sorry I got caught. I'm sorry I'm having to deal with the repercussions of this. But repentance is, I am sorry, God, I let you down. I'm sorry because I know I messed up and you expect better of me. God, I want to be different I want my life to line up. I want it to matter. I want you to look down and smile. See, when you follow Jesus at a distance, you're not very sensitive to sin. When you follow at a distance, what happens is when life takes a turn, you you blame God. You blame other people. You blame other things for your struggles, for your mistakes. Because we're, we're far away, but friends, when you get close to Jesus, well, you come to face-to-face with who you are. I come face-to-face with what I've done. Peter, Peter weeps bitterly, Scripture says. He has completely disappointed Jesus, and he knows it. And he crumbles because he failed. And I imagine it's going through his head, not once, not twice, all three times. He just, they're going over and over, three times in a row. I'm messed up. And friends, I will tell you, I can identify with Peter. I'll never fail you, God. I die first. And then I fail. I mess up. God, I promise I'll never do that again. From this point forward, I will be strong. And then a few months later, a few days later, a few hours later, (laughs) oh, God, I'm sorry. From now on, God, from now on, I'll do the right thing. From now on, I'll get my priorities right. From now on, I'll, I'll put you first. And then boom. Does this sound familiar? Am I the only one that struggles? Friends, round and around and around we go. God, you're, I'll put you first in my life. And then what happens? We get so involved in all the stuff and all the things going on in the world that we kind of lose sight of God. Peter, Peter makes this bold promise. You can count on me, Jesus. I will be faithful Peter deserved to be counted out. But Jesus didn't do that. Jesus doesn't give Peter what he deserves. He gives him grace. I love the story. Jesus doesn't rule him out. No, Jesus gives him another chance, a second chance. 
If you read through the the Gospels shortly after the resurrection, the the tomb's empty. There's rumors circulating that Jesus has risen from the dead. Some of the disciples have even seen Jesus. And you would think these disciples would be like, Woohoo, man, he's risen. But they weren't. In fact, many of them were dealing with despair in their life, with the pain of failing. And I think Peter especially. He denied knowing Jesus. He'd failed. He'd messed up. He knows he blew it. He's in escape mode when you read. In fact, he's retreated. He's went back to the only thing that he ever knew. He's back fishing. He was a fisherman by trade. I think he was going back to make that his career again. He goes, man, I messed up so bad, I'm going to go do this. He's with six other disciples. They're out fishing. They've been out all night. They've been on the cold sea of Tiberias. And it's 6 a.m., they're heading back in. They hear a voice from the shore. Now, they do not recognize the voice. They don't know whose voice it is. The scripture says, Then Jesus said to them, Children, do you have any fish? And they said, No. That question, Do you have any fish? Carries a sting to it. The answer to that is just another failure. Do you have any fish? And I bet in that moment, Peter, the fisherman, was sitting there going, I can't even fish. I messed up so bad. The one thing I can do well, I can't even do. You know, a group of fishermen admit they didn't catch anything. They don't even comment on, hey, one got away, you know. No, it's a brief response. No, we haven't caught any. It's an admission of failure. And that's where Jesus steps in when they admitted it. He says, put your net over the right side of the boat. Then you'll catch some fish. And they put out the net and they were not able to pull pull it in because it was so full of fish don't quit guys try it again throw throw the net on the right side and so they're like okay we'll give it a try and the net's so full that they can hardly pull it in and it's in that moment that they realize who's on the shore peter puts it together it's jesus and I love Peter because he's always impulsive. He, he jumps overboard and he starts swimming to the shore. He gets to the shore and there's Jesus, the crucified, resurrected Messiah. Jesus, the, the creator and sustainer of the universe. Jesus, the one that holds the planets and the stars and the moon and all everything in place. And Jesus is going to make breakfast. And Jesus starts a fire. And I, I have always thought when Jesus started the fire, there was a reason. Because I think Peter 
immediately he sees that fire and he remembers being over the fire and the denial and all the failings in that moment. This is the first time that Jesus and Peter have been face to face with one another. Peter is vulnerable. Peter is waiting to hear, what's Jesus going to say to me after all that I, I, all that I have done? You know, what's he going to say? He's almost like a prisoner, I think, at that point, waiting to hear the verdict. And it's just Jesus and Peter in that moment. And it says, after they had eaten, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these others do? Do you love me more than the others Jesus is asking him, do you love me more than the other disciples? It sounds a little competitive, but it's not. Jesus is not implying that Peter should outlove the other disciples. He, he's making a point. He's reminding Peter about his boasting. Just a, a few days before, he said, everybody else may run out on you, Jesus. All these other disciples might, but I will never abandon you. And three times Jesus says, do you love me, Peter? Do you love me? Do you love me? And the pain of that. He says, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus says, take care of my sheep. I want you to picture this moment. See, Peter's embarrassed. Peter's overcome with guilt. He's struggling for the the words to say. And this isn't in Scripture, but I I think Peter, Peter was like, you're right about me, Jesus. I am weak. I'm I'm unreliable. I've really messed up this time. No, Jesus, I I don't want to get in the way anymore. I I have botched this up so horribly. I I know what I deserve, and I'm resigning. I quit. I'll save you the pain of firing me. And Jesus is like, Peter, are, are you serious? I mean, I've spent three years teaching you and loving you and training you and guiding you. I just walked out of the grave for you. And you you think you're going to resign? I got plans for you. New day, new life, new beginning. Jesus makes everything new in that moment. You know, when Jesus said that to Peter, friends, he was saying it to all of us. You may have fallen. You may have messed up. But whatever you've done, no matter how bad it is, I will make it new, Jesus says. I will make it new. Everything new. Everything. Even that. Friends, Jesus Christ walked out of the grave to give you a second chance in your life. And a third chance. And chance after chance after chance after chance after chance. I could go all day with that. The kingdom of God is not just about eternity in heaven. That's a great thing. 
But the kingdom of God is about having new life. It's heaven here and now, today. That's what the resurrection's about. You do not have to live with guilt. You do not have to live with shame. You do not have to live discouraged. You do not have to live defeated. You do not have to live because Jesus Christ gives life. You know, the past is forgotten. All things, all things, all things are made new because of the resurrection. You know, Peter, this this failure-prone guy, is given another chance. And we know that he went shortly after that. He's preaching a, a message of salvation, repentance, and thousands of people respond to that. And it was the start of the church. And shortly before Peter was executed, and he's executed for his faith, he wrote this to Christians that were being persecuted. And I'm sure when he was penning these words, he was thinking about the failure that night where he denied Jesus. And he says, but if you suffer because you are a Christ follower, Peter says, don't be ashamed. I remember being ashamed. I remember trying to back away. I felt the heat of that persecution. It says, you should praise God for that name. Let them know you're a Christ follower. Peter, who messed up so many times. Peter, this guy that's just spectacular failure. He deserved to be counted out, and Jesus just reaches out and gives him grace. He deserved to be counted out, but he's given a new start, and everything's made new. I mean, the fact we're even talking about him today tells you something. And friends, that gives me hope. As many times as I have failed, way more than I want to count or think about. And God always greets and says, got that covered. I got a plan. Move on. Forget the past. Move forward. You know, God has given me chance after chance after chance. And each time I think, maybe I'll get it right this time. Anybody else need that in their life? I mean, I do. Anyone, anyone who belongs to Christ is a new person. The past is forgotten and everything is what? New, new, new day, new life, new beginning, new start. God never puts a period in in your life. You know, God always says it's a comma. And we tend to look at it and go, oh man, I failed, you know. We, we, we have all done things that we're ashamed of. We have all done things that we feel awful about. You know, you may feel like you messed your marriage up and it's bad and it's over. You feel like it's done, period. And I want to tell you, no, 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 no. God can make everything new. You may feel like financially your life's in chaos and there's no way to recover, period. We're going down. And I will tell you, no. God specializes in supplying our needs, not our greeds, but our needs, and gets involved. And some of you may feel alone today and feel like you're all, all by yourself. And I will tell you, no, God will never forsake you or leave you. You may feel like you have failed so many times and there's no way out, period, it's over. No, 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 no. 
It is not over. God is bigger and God is greater and God is stronger than whatever it is that you're going through. And I know some of you are facing obstacles that are overwhelming and you feel like it's beyond your ability, but it is not beyond the ability and the strength of Jesus Christ. And you've got to remember the same power that brought Jesus Christ out of the grave is available for you today and every day of your life. You've got to remember that. See, because Jesus walked out of the grave, you can be forgiven for that thing that you're ashamed of. Because Jesus Christ walked out of the grave, your weakness can be your strength. You know, because he walked out of the grave, your guilt, it's replaced with the grace of God. You can know that God can turn your failures into faithfulness. And so you stay as close as you can. You don't follow at a distance. You move in as close as you can because if you stay out here, you're vulnerable and your weaknesses will drag you down. But as you move in closer to God, you find strength and you find power and he will provide it to move you through the day. See, the kingdom of God, it's here now. It's about being reborn in our lives. It's about being new in our lives every day. And if you're a Christian... The kingdom of God's in you. It is anywhere that the king resides. And Jesus Christ is here. New day. See, we all deserve to be counted out. But because of Jesus Christ, everything, 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 everything's made new. Everything's made new. Now, what I want to do, those that are around here often know we do this from time to time. I want to pray for you. If you have something and you go, new day, I need a new day, I need a new start, I need a, you know, whatever it is, I just want you to stand up where you're at. I'm going to pray for you from here. We're not going to do anything weird or strange, but we're going to pray that it's a new day. When you walk out of here, it's a new opportunity. It's a new start. Some of you need new in your life. When you allow Jesus Christ into your life, new is what he's all about. Past is forgotten. All things are made new, and I believe this morning that's going to happen for some of you in your life. So let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy God, God, you see those that are standing And God, I pray your Holy Spirit would just pour out. You'd give strength. Whatever guilt, you'd wipe it out. That they'd experience your forgiveness, your grace. There'd be a new day, whether it's a marriage or their finances or job or whatever, Lord, that it's a new day, that they would just celebrate that. Because you walked out of the grave. That's possible. God, I pray that you would just open hearts, open minds. That they'd find new hope today. God, we praise you. We thank you that you loved us so much. You sent your son to this world. That he took it all on the cross for us. And God, we celebrate that he walked out of the grave and that we are free indeed. 
free of all the stuff in this world that just drags us down. God, I pray that your spirit would just take us forward today. New day, new hope, new beginning. All things are made new. They've been made new today. God, we give you the praise. We give you the glory. God's people said, you may be seated. We're going to share and worship. Just kind of let this be a piece that you reflect on. There'll be prayer teams down front after after the music, and if you would like to like them to pray for you, they'll be down here. And uh, may God bless you. <laughs>